Good morning and a happy Monday to you folks. It is a beautiful day today and a fabulous new week. And this week, I encourage each and every one of you to embrace the idea of being accountable and let it become part of your daily life, your everyday life, wherever you are. Maybe it's at your church. Maybe it's at your work. Maybe it's in your home life. Maybe it's in your personal relationships. If you are accountable to someone, that means that you have acknowledged that person That means that you have awarded that person the authority to bring you to question, to challenge your behavior or your attitude. Conversely, if somebody's accountable to you, they've acknowledged that you are that authority to bring them to question, to challenge their intention behind certain behaviors or attitudes. Personally, for me, I am extremely grateful for those who hold me accountable, those who respect me and then love me enough to allow me the opportunity to grow. That accountability, that growth allows the development of my professional, personal, and spiritual skills. Call it a checks and balances of life, if you will. Now let's go honor, respect, and be accountable this week as we get this Monday morning started and get the potty going, folks. It's time to play hard, work hard. Now let's play hard. Monday, you folks. Welcome to the Crude Live Morning Show. Play hard, work hard, and we forgot to put down the blankets in the studio, and Mm -hmm. I noticed as soon as the microphones turned on, Frackleberry Hound got right up, and she has been... She's looking for the loudest place in the studio to chomp on her bones. on antler with the new Chewy Paw. Oh, man. You, You witnessed it. So, folks, I'm... Heading down south as soon as this program is done. I'm going to be heading to Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And then I'm going to be heading to Midland, Texas, Odessa, Texas. Frackleberry Hound coming with. Deep in the heart of Texas. Johnny Green Championship belt coming with. Woo! What else do we got? Anyway, so a new Chewy Paw antler for the road, right? And she's sensed its presence. She She knows. She went into into the travel bag. Nose in, and she only does that when she knows there's a new Chewy Pop. <laughs> Folks, welcome to the Crude Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. My name is Jason Spees. That is Sterling. And this is Monday, March 8th. Good morning. And you know what? There's so much going on that it's really hard to focus today. Well, yeah. I mean, especially since you're about to get on the road and go down, do a huge trip, lots of, lots of talking to people, events. But from an industry standpoint, you've got... Executive orders coming your way from Keystone Pipeline to federal land bans to all kinds of different climate things. envoys. Oh, yeah, czars. yeah, that whole nonsense. And then now you've got <laughs> API coming out, starting the path to say we're going to endorse carbon pricing. Yep. Well, as soon as we read that, it still blows my mind. Last week we were like, whoa, what? Yeah. In fact, the next day, folks, we even questioned it again. Well, later on that day, we weren't the only ones who questioned it. Well, DEPA came out, Domesticated Energy Producers Alliance. Okay. The group that Harold Hamm's a part of. They came out and said, whoa, API, we don't agree with you either. Whoa, whoa Nelly. Whoa, we got 10,000 companies that we represent. Yeah. And that's the one thing I found interesting over the last three years, watching a lot of these. In fact, four years. Eh, five. 
<laughs> watching these uh, organizations, whether it's a corn council or a petroleum alliance or a petro group, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Some sort of guild. You know, they, well, they represent thousands of companies, right? Yeah. They're a lobby. It's a lobby group, really. How can you have like a statement when you're divisive within your group? Like when it becomes big business versus small business. Mm hmm. They always side with big business. They always side with big business. Well, yeah, that's, that's why the the DEPA is so different. That's what I don't understand about the the stuff we were reading about with API. Is that like definitive? I mean, if they if they put the hammer down, does everybody have to follow that? You wouldn't believe the editorials out there on the internet about this. Oh, Holy smoke! I'm starting to see from it. the globe. Yeah, from the globe, these editorials are coming in that. Uh, it's a coup. <laughs> there's a plant. I mean, from from that to no, let's go this way. So, folks, we don't. You know, honestly, this this to me is just like when API and uh, Matt Gallagher with Parsley were at their crossroads last October about government assistance. Yeah, yeah. when uh, Matt Gallagher with Parsley Energy, who then. They, I, th- I believe they filed bankruptcy, then got bought out. Okay? Oh, I so he was on his way out then. That's what happened. Okay. Um, but they wanted the Texas Railroad Commission to come in and control production and have some government stimulus or something along those lines. He was on CNBC, so we got the links at the website. And that was against, of course, the old school thought of, no, oh, no, a free market will take care of it. So, again, these are more examples of where industry is starting to become within crossroads in itself. And... Now is the time to come together. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the reasons why we're having these conversations at The Crude Life. They're not easy conversations. No, not comfortable. They're not, not and, and so much so we're putting it in the play hard portion. And I don't want to do that. <laughs> so, Well, you can't ignore this type of stuff. I mean, we've been, we've been talking about this, but to see it actually in writing as something right. that's coming, you know, going forward. It's another, another, uh, another example marker. in the uh, shale play profit category that mm-hmm. we have. But on Tuesday, I'll be down in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa. And I'll be uh, at DAPA interviewing with their CEO. And oh, man, I can't wait to hear that. Yeah. Well, we, wanna, we really did want to find out what is going on mm-hmm. with everything. So, well, we're three months into the year, and it already feels like the momentum, you know, like on the ESG side of things, this, you know, environmental, social governance. Too. Okay. Uh, Jerry Simmons is his name. And he's the uh, DEPA's president and CEO. I knew he was a CEO, but I didn't realize he was the president and the CEO. Double duties. But a boom, boom. Wonder if he gets two checks. I, I bet you they just put it on one to save paper. Think so? Yeah. Two titles. Yeah, maybe with a fold-out section yeah. for all Wouldn't these zeros. Great? You get one as the president, <laughs> one as the CEO. Should I ask him that first question? Yeah, that that's that's icebreaker right there. <laughs> We're here for. <laughs> See, if it was the play hard portion, I might. Sure. Yeah. But we'll be interviewing him in the. I'm gonna wear a suit actually. Woo. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's one of those meetings. Ah, you dress up pretty. Now, if you want to ask them that question, don't expect to get any other questions afterwards, I suppose. So maybe make that the last question. He, well, I tell you what, though, uh, the one thing that I love about the people I interview, we don't exchange questions ahead of time. No, I shouldn't. We don't do that. Yeah. Occasionally, we'll send bullet points. Mm-hmm. If there's, like, let's say if it's a broad brush interview and, right. you know, hey, John Jones, you're in frac sand. Let's mm-hmm. do an interview. Well, what do you want to talk about? Well, okay, I'll send some bullet points. Well, yeah, yeah I know. mean, if, if you guys are going to like discuss how to like 
solve Middle East peace, yeah, you might want to give them a heads but up. Something like this, it's it's self-explanatory. Mm. Okay, you, you, your organization sent out a letter. We're here to talk about the letter, and we're going to kind of offshoot from there. Mm-hmm. And so, there's plenty course, to talk about, folks. Right now. If you've got any questions, yeah, send them from in any angle. Whether you you're in agreement with bringing a carbon tax to the oil and gas industry, or whether you do not want a carbon tax with the oil and gas industry, or whether you want to find out if he really does get two paychecks, one as president, one as CEO, <laughs> or if you have no idea what carbon pricing really means, which is me. Or if you want to find out how my day went last week, yes. hey, studio <laughs> at thecrudelife.com, studio at thecrudelife.com. My sound guy, my voice guy's moving to Arizona. He sold his house. He did. He finally sold it. Before nice. it went on the market. Oh, really? He did ask if your home inspector company could be the home inspection company. So uh, I'll let you guys work that out. I'm not sure if that one's going to be paid on the record or off yeah, the I'm record. Yeah, I'm kind of curious what he's looking for there, yeah. He has a pool, so yeah. he wants it to pass. Yes. <laughs> Let's put it that way. That was a nice house. Yeah. So, well, hey, he'll be able to still work, right, from Arizona? Still I do told, s- actually, I told him I'm going to buy him a microphone. Okay, get him set and, up. Well, I mean, keep in mind here, he still has turntables. Yeah. Like, he... He has two boxes, like milk crate boxes, right? Mm-hmm. Milk boxes, the old uh, plastic ones. Yeah. And they're full of uh, 45s. Nice. Not 45s, but turn, you know, records. Yeah. Right? Real- with, the, with, with the uh, silver dollar size hole. Okay. The old school ones, okay. right? Okay, yeah. Back when he was the program director for radio stations, he got them free for <sighs> yeah, samples. They would just sample them, yeah. Never been opened. Major hits. Whoa. Major. Michael Jackson. Billy Joel. Dude, eBay, that stuff, man. Uh, that's what I told yeah. him. And see, he, his wife, God bless her. Right. You know, and keep in mind, they're in their 70s. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, Facebook Marketplace. Like, that's the latest and greatest <laughs> in their life, right? Okay, so they're a little behind. Hey, okay? you know, at least they're getting it on the internet. And I, <laughs> I must have stood here for 20 minutes telling them that. I think you want eBay for this. eBay has the collectibles market pretty much. I go... I go, listen, as far as I know, Facebook Marketplace is primarily your neighborhood. Yeah, I it mean, is. I mean, you can, go, you can go out w- without it. But, you know, vinyl is back in a huge way. I've got a buddy that's working at a record store in Oregon and, you know, has started collecting vinyl. And, hey, he can make some money. Well, here in Fargo, mm-hmm. we've got two, two or three. I saw a new one now. Is it really? Next to the old barbershop, the Gravers Barbershop downtown. Uh, okay. Which is across... This, no, I'm sorry. It'd be on the same block, but one block over. So city block, how yeah. you know they're all connected in a rectangle. Uh, one's called Orange Record. Yep. Okay, I've, that's the old one. I've been to that one. And then directly, like on the other side of the block, is a new one that just opened up. yesterday. or I just saw the other day. And it's, so, it's like it's like a circle of life, man. Because Orange Record's been around for like 30 years or so. I mean, they've been uh, around 10, 15. Is it? Yeah, okay. It, it came around at the first uh, 2000s. Oh, okay. Back in that revolution when Tool, mm-hmm. I think, put out a. Uh, they put out that like it was like a four panel album. Yeah, was there were some some artists like Tool and yeah. maybe Metallica. Maybe I don't yeah, know. Maybe. There was a few artists that came out with vinyl only. Mm-hmm. They they wanted to help revive the vinyl movement. But anyway, so Brad. I, I just where I said eBay and everything. I said actually, or we could probably us. go down to these record stores and mm. work a deal out with them. Yeah, and just do a commission deal. Yeah, just do a commission. Just split it 50-50, yeah. 30-70, whoever 
says 71st wins. I don't know. I hey, mean, man, finance a new pool in Arizona or something. He said, at you know? the end of the day, the person on the other side is going to be like that bald dude with the goatee and pawn stars saying, <laughs> you know, I got to put a lot of money and a lot of work into it. So, you know, I'm not really making a profit here. Right, and, right. You know, really, it's a lot of work for me. So yeah. I'm doing you a favor yeah. by you giving me money. Yeah. yeah, you should give me more money to do you a <laughs> favor. Yeah. He's so smooth. Yeah. I mean, it's like the jankiest chunkle ever, oh, but dude. it's just smooth. And then you bring in the old man who's dead now, uh, oh, the old right. godfather. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, he walks in and you say, yes, sir. He doesn't yeah. have to say anything. See, that's why I would never even go into one of those shops, because you're just going to basically give it to them. <laughs> I love that show. That's just, <laughs> first time I watched that show, Pawn Stars, yep. I went, the name is fantastic. The formula is fantastic. It's diners and drive-ins and dives. Pretty for much. Pond it's people. the Guy Fieri but, model. But, it, but for what the, the diners, drive-ins, and dives is for the traveling foodie, mm-hmm. you know, like me. Mm-hmm. This is for the history buff like me because yeah. they incorporate so much history. And then the journalism in me, like they call in the experts. So I'm like, absolutely now. Yeah. You're getting a third-party Civil War expert to say, this is crap. You got screwed. Twist the head off. Right, 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 right. It's, it's a Johnny Bull 1970 a, whiskey bottle. It's a Johnny Bull <laughs> whiskey bottle. So, oh, whoops. Okay, well, that was a family heirloom. Yeah. <laughs> we spent a lot of nights worshiping that. All right. So, well, we got the uh, interview coming up this week. Also, it's gonna we're going to meet busy, with, busy. Yeah, and so I'm, I'm uh, Warren Martin. He's with Kansas Strong. That's kind of their petroleum organization, alliance, okay. foundation, council, if you will. Kansas Strong. They've been around, I think, since the 80s. I like so the name. Kansas actually used to have so much oil and gas activity. They powered World War II. They were the state that really powered World no, I War did not II. Know that. Yeah. I didn't either until I interviewed him last time. But I usually stop and uh, talk with him. And if I can't talk with them, we at least do something on the phone. Okay. So driving through the state of Kansas reminds me, I better check in with Kansas. <laughs> You'll get good reception. You know, you don't even think about Kansas with oil and gas anymore. No, you don't. That's There's got to be some activity so, still. Sometimes it takes me driving through to remember it. But <laughs> after that little factoid about how they powered um, the country for World War yeah, II. That's, that's cool. And then also one of the times I checked in with Kansas, and this was one of my first year stories. In fact, I should pull up this story. The way way back machine, just fantastic, and because it's more of the visual and the video I have, it's uh, one of those uh, you know the the donkeys, you know the yeah. nodding donkeys, yeah. the oil derricks, the derricks. Know, going up and down. Um, it was powered by solar panels, <laughs> and so you had like this row of fifteen solar panels mm. next to several of these oil wells. Now see that makes sense to me, and it was just, it was perfect. That makes sense. And, I it was I remember it was one of the first viral kind of interviews and stories we had because mm-hmm. of just the the absurdity behind it. This was back in 2014, 13, something like that. Okay. And this is really That absurd. seems like a long time ago now. Yeah. Yeah. And it comments were all over the board to, you know, this is the stupidest thing ever, to this is genius, this is, you know, this is the way things should be going. And well, at first glance, there's an irony to it, right? I mean, right. there's the obvious, oh, the solar power is powering the oil. But it makes sense to, to use the solar power to reduce the actual natural gas and resources you need to well, pull to it me, out of the ground. It was a 100% legit story because yeah. it had that kind of train wreck, car wreck, initial yep. shock value. Yeah. Like, 
Whoa, are those solar panels next to mm-hmm. that oil derrick? Okay, oil well? Well, that's different. Yeah. So it has that. Dogs and cats living together. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, and then, but the more you took the layers off the onion, it was actually a very intelligent Thought betterment out. for society. Yep. Just all these different things that go into it, and uh, I love that story. In fact, I, I, I in fact, I should pull that one up back. again. I'm going to bring it back. So well, you I'm gonna, know, to, I'm going to write that down, and I am going with to paper s- with paper and a pen. Am I killing pencil. the planet? I'm writing with paper. <laughs> okay, solar wells. Now, see what I'd be curious about too is in the seven to ten years since you remember that, what has how's it gone forward? I should check in with those guys. That's a good idea. You know, when I'm out. Uh, in West Central Minnesota, doing jobs, you know, in rural areas, I'll oftentimes come across a small solar power plant that is next to what appears to be some sort of natural gas tank or storage tank system. You know, so it, it, I see solar power is used for weather monitoring. I see, you know, on the on the highway and stuff like that. There's clearly the people that are doing that are thinking about how do we take what we have and what this does and put them together. Whereas Nowadays, I just hear people talking about it's got to be solar, it's got to be wind, and it can't be any other damn thing. You know what I find interesting? Where's the nuclear, baby? With these solar farms is uh, how they're changing the ecosystem underneath them because of shade and condensation. Yeah. Changing the the, the flora and the fauna, both the animals and the the, uh, plants. Well, and the vibration of it is what screws with the birds and the bats. Oh, the vibration. And the the worms. The worms. Yeah. Let's not forget about the aeration of the earth through the worms. I Gotta mean, have worms, man. It is so important that there's lawn companies that will come aerate your lawn mm-hmm. because we have so much vibration in the city, we've scared the worms out. <laughs> so I, it's, it's sticking up for the worms, sticking man. Up. Hey, somebody has to. Social media thump. Another one's coming. If we got time, I saw we have that news story. Do you have that news story handy, by the way? Uh, yes, I do. The, uh, the death spiral one? or let, the? Let's uh, do 30 seconds to a minute on the governor of Texas who is going after face. No, is it Facebook? Are you talking about the Texas regulators will not correct nope. this? Okay. Keep going down. It's, just, it's down in the pile a little bit. It's the one where G- Governor Abbott is going after... Oh, yes. Here we go. Governor Back's law to prohibit Facebook. Oh, I was reading about this. Yeah. Yeah, let me bring this up. Talking about prohibiting them from being able to cancel or remove somebody. So remember the one of the first shows we did? In fact, it might even be a pilot show. I think it was. Where I started getting phone calls from CEOs and presidents yep. and ad agencies and all kinds of different... Going, what the hell's politicians going on? Talk, well, just talking about social media. And... These were all different issues from different people who didn't know each other. No. So my mind was going, okay, there's going to be some policy written. There's going to be some regulation. Sure. We're just going to call it the social media thump. The thump thump. Because I've heard examples from government employees only promoting certain people and their network on mm-hmm. social media to where people are now going to go after governments for that because, hey... How come my business isn't getting promoted by that government employee? My yeah. tax dollars are going to that. You know, we used to have very clear laws in, in federal and state government about how you could promote things if you were in a position of power. But with social media and stuff, it's a great... We, we did that news story where that woman, her kids got expelled. Yeah, the, for, for having that OnlyFans page. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that she was making some money on. Yeah, $105,000 a month. Yeah. We, we had that one CEO that called me. 
who had a really sticky situation because since the, 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 the COVID came and everybody working from home, well, he spent a lot more time at home. And, mm-hmm. well, he started listening to podcasts. He started checking social media. He's been busy doing CEO meetings and this and that. Well, mm-hmm. now he had to you know, get in touch with his digital life, right? Because let's be honest. There's not a lot of presidents and CEOs that are very active on social media. And if they are, they're not making, you know, stupid polarizing comments. I would think you, the silence is golden. Especially if you got shareholders and you got attorneys. Every time you open your mouth, markets can change. So, you know, here, what what did he say that he he went on his one employee's uh, page and noticed that 90% of the stuff was for his personal YouTube page. Mm -hmm. So you hear he's using the company to build his personal brand. Yeah. So all of a sudden now the company's like, okay, well, is this guy going to come back and, and renegotiate a contract mm-hmm. or offer? Well, I don't have a contract with them. So what, what, what am, what's going on here? Why you know, am I funding this guy's yeah. personal little uh, deal here? You can kind of see it from both sides. Totally. You know, it's like I'm doing my job. I'm using the resources to, you know, make my thing go. But, you know, like 20 years ago, nobody was thinking about personal brands the way they do now. No, but what... So when I talk to the ad agency, because keep in mind, I'm just bleeding all these different conversations in and everything else. So this ad agency buddy of mine and I, he owns an ad agency, very affluent agency. And he basically, what we were talking about is the first wave will probably be something about posts during business hours. Yeah. You'll have to have a social media calendar type Mm -hmm. of a thing where between nine and five, you can't be posting on your personal, and if, if it's professional, it has to be these guys. I mean, we're probably going to have to come to that. Well, shit, a decade ago when I worked in an office, I had to log into my computer, and it was a you know it was a siloed system. I could only do certain things within it. You were telling me about keystroke counts. Yeah. You actually worked for a company that, that recorded your keystrokes? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I, I always read that as a conspiracy and no. like, you know what I mean? Like an you urban know, legend. It's, a, it, it's framed as a productivity me, you know, metric. Well, it it's, doesn't matter yeah, what it's framed at. Yeah, it does yeah. a lot of different... It's how they do things in North Dakota. They just they, they, they give you the heads of the coin and never tell you about the tails. Mm-hmm. And then when the tails happens, oh, what, what happened there? Yeah, the only same, time... Same shit they're going through with the lawmaker, uh, the guy, the sexual harassment guy. So oh, that. yeah, yeah, you yeah. Yeah, that in the yeah. news story too, the North Dakota lawmaker yep. getting in trouble for sexual harassment. Harassment. Yep, now, now they're finding out that the whole system is flawed with with Shocking. potential offenders because of this and things. Yep. Whatever the case is, and that's that's the that's totally the passive aggressive North Dakota way, man. Like, <laughs> oh, absolutely, it's so true, man. Like, we're it is only so going to give you the side we like, and, but we know about the other side. But let's yeah. not talk about that. It's funny how. So anyway, sorry. Go back. No, to I point. was just thinking like North Dakota and like proper British etiquette. They they actually share a lot in common. Where you say a lot of nothing. Yeah, you know. So get back to the uh, keystrokes about. So how, yeah, keystrokes. Yeah, it was framed as one way. Yeah, well, actually, boy, I didn't even. Sure I didn't even know it was. On the other. Yeah, I didn't even know it was a thing until somebody uh, in a division, you know, one cube center over, got nailed for doing stuff. You know, looking up things or chatting with people or whatever. Uh, and so they got canned, and that was the first time I heard that they actually monitored what we did on that level. Now I had a boss. For three years of my life, <laughs> the rest of the time I have owned my own companies, but there was three years of my life where I did work for yeah, someone. Hey, you're your boss. And it was for a news organization. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, So you had an editor. Um, yeah. 
Well, I guess kind of. Publisher. You know. Well, yeah. we had all had a operations director, well, sure, a CEO. Yeah. I had all kinds of bosses. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So no shortage of bosses. Probably five. Damn. No wonder you don't have five bosses anymore. Above me. Yeah. Well, and I I was actually pretty. I had employees. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had staff. Twenty some employees below me. Wow. And I had half a dozen bosses ahead of me. I didn't like that. <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I don't. I do not like being in that. No kind bueno, of sandwich. man. I don't mind a good sandwich, but a different kind. Now, what are we talking about again? Look at Libra. <laughs> like my balance. You're just happy because so, you're going on the road. I know. <laughs> so uh, what were we talking about? Okay, my sandwich. No, Your okay. sandwich. <laughs> no, he would check, uh, um, or she. Yes. Not that I gave that away. Yeah. Uh, what websites you went to? Sure. Yeah. So. And I didn't realize that was as common as it was. Absolutely. Like they were one day we were talking about whether to get rid of somebody, whether or not. All of a sudden they're throwing out which websites they're going to. And I look and I said, What? How do you know that? Oh yeah. And in my mind I went, Okay, my paranoia paid off on that one. Cause I just went in assuming that. Yep. Okay. And and everybody's told me that when it comes to the internet and everything else, I'm extremely paranoid. Uh uh-uh, uh, I don't think so. Maybe you weren't paranoid enough. No, I, I'm, I, I'm, I think I'm the right amount of paranoia. There is, yeah, you have to have a certain amount of it. Well, I believe everything I've ever typed on the internet and backspaced and retyped mm-hmm. is available by someone. In theory. Okay? In, in theory, theory, it is. Okay? Every chat you've ever had, right. every keystroke. Knowing that, okay, did I ever told you about my first experience on the internet? My very first experience on the internet, 1993. Oh, uh, okay? 93, yep. I remember 93. back then. Now, I probably had previous ones in, in high school. I graduated high school that year. That's when I graduated high school. Okay, so it was the summer. Mm-hmm. I went and I bought my very first computer because, baby, I, I hey, man, I'm full-time worker since I was 10 years old. Right. Okay, Paperboy, and then Minimart. That was when you were paying like over $100 a megabyte. Minimart, okay, mm-hmm. best job ever. Worked. S-Smart. You know what I learned about working at convenience stores? Hmm. The rich smoke generic cigarettes, and the trailer park people smoke Marlboro Lights and Camels. It's so What's funny that, how that man? works. I suppose the rich people are in the garage hiding it, so they I don't guess. care. Yeah. And the other people are at the bar making sure everybody can see that they have some money. I want to know who the hell's not, buying unfiltered I mean, Lucky Strikes, man. <laughs> oh, you know who's buying the Lucky Strikes? Who the hell's buying Lucky Strikes the same, nowadays? The same guy that's buying Paul Malls. Paul Malls. I'll take a pack of Camel Straights. Hey, I'm a smoker. I will admit it. It's disgusting, but I have to have a filter. So my very first computer I bought was an Acer or something or another. It had like... 360 megabytes. You'll never need more no. than that. Dude, that the was guy the... from Best Buy tells me like, oh, you'll never use you sure that. sure it wasn't like Circuit City? Now this interview's already topped that. Okay, I mean for megabytes, yep. right? But anyway, so I had, well, I think it was AOL maybe. Probably. Back then you got X amount of minutes for free. Yeah, you got that disc, the okay. install disc. And yep. then you had to dial up. Mm-hmm. And then that, <laughs> that whole thing happened, right? Well... During the day, uh, in between my Minimart job, I worked at a trucking company, okay? And I, uh, this was the best summer of my life, okay? Not only... What kind of, like a moving company? Was I or? 18 and done with high school? Right. But I had money. And you're on the I road. two jobs. The one job was outside. I got to take my shirt off and get a bronze golden tan, washing semis with these big brushes, okay? Yeah. Listening to music, making... Yeah. Ten ninety nine money. Oh, dude. Okay. Solo then I had the bachelor man. Job sucking the taxes out, so then I didn't even have to worry about claiming the ten ninety nine money because it balanced out in the end, nice. right? So, 
And I even knew what that meant back in the day. <laughs> but the, the IT guy gotta get for the trucking now. company, the IT guy, he was a smoker. So he'd come out and smoke. Since we were the young guys, me and the other guy, he would talk to us versus the old or, ornery, given up on life guys right, yeah. that work in the shop. The literal dead enders. <laughs> given up a long time ago. And uh, so, you know, we still got hope in the world. <laughs> yeah, this and was a long time ago. All he knew. All James knew, that was his name, James, is I was getting a computer and I lived in North Fargo. That's all he knew. So I bought the computer, came home, dialed in. All of a sudden, you know how the screen used to go vertical up and down oh, while yeah. it was going through telling you yep. codes it's, you didn't it's, understand? Yeah, it's finding this IP address. A bunch and... of colons and C's and dots and stuff. And um, it locked up and it said... Ha, 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 this is James. I have your computer. What? That was my first experience on the internet in my apartment by myself. How did he hack you? Well, I suppose because then there wasn't that many people logging in right. and this and that. And he knew how to go into that. And, and That is nuts, man. He was a hacker, dude. That would have sworn me off the internet right out of the gate, probably. Oh, no, it made me adjust my behavior instantly. Yeah. Like, okay, someone is watching me all the time. Yep. So that's whenever these internet stories come, and that's why the social media thump, I believe, is going to happen, because you have so many people that are just sitting at home right now consuming content. Mm -hmm. That's all we do is consume content. And there's a lot of people that are victims, whether they know it, like it, or are not. No, I think we're living in the victim age, man. Totally. That's what I mean. Everybody's a victim, and there's a trigger everywhere, man. So it's, it's it's a world where somebody's... And not only that, everybody's looking for the next Aaron Brockovich. Everybody you know, is just pissed off be, all the time. Whose kid's going to be the next Greta? Yeah. You know, it's the, it's the Kardashian influence, but in the political world. That's, what, that's the next thing for social media, nope. okay? That's why I believe the social media thump is Well, look, we, we got what, a social media president, and I think going forward, we're going to start to see more social media launch pads into politics. Dude, and, the president got banned from two social media networks. You can't look for any more reason to come in with some regulations and policies, honestly, mm-hmm. if, if you're, well, my, my example is parlor. I don't even have a parlor account and I never have, but after I got the 150th email from a Republican friend of mine, I was pretty sure I figure out what it was. Yeah. So I went and looked it up. Oh, endorsed by Rand Paul and a bunch of other really conservative Republicans. Mm-hmm. This is a new platform for their voice. When you try to talk to somebody about the banning of books and the banning of free speech, it is amazing how Parler is not included in that conversation, how Parler is considered Al-Qaeda. Huh. I mean, when I, honestly, I've tried to have multiple... And again, I, I judge people on what they say and what they do, my, so my, yeah. But my freaky. argument is this, that, okay, if there were certain pages mm-hmm. that were inciting XYZ or whatever, okay, we'll take the pages down. Because Amazon's right, man. They owned the servers. But it's their right as a business to decide if I'm up or down. I can sue them. But to kick it off the whole network? That's their right. No, I know, but that that's where there's going to well, be... See, but, the government's going to come in and say, okay, now Amazon, we got to be in charge of your free speech now. Mm-hmm. Well, they're going to. They did it to Microsoft. They did it to Apple. They did it to all the big... As soon as you get such a stranglehold 
Uh, you can kick off like that. Well, look at they did the Oakley. Well, and there'll always be uh, there'll always be somebody rich enough, and in this parlor's case, there is where they'll be able to start up again, and we just continue to silo in our little own ecosystems where we don't. You know, it's basically like screw you. I'm going to start my own club. Yeah. So, folks, if if you think we're nuts for talking about social media and how. There are changes coming. I would love to not didn't talk us, about social media. I would love Australia it if we could not. Australia sue Facebook because of the kicked off things? Well, there was a... Yeah, it was about news. Yeah. It was about how Facebook basically uses news as a free way to get people's attention, and they weren't paying the news sources for that. Totally. And Australia so, was, but it's, I'm telling you, there's going to be a new... Did you know Facebook capitulated? What, what, what does that word mean? What they the Facebook backed down. Oh, Facebook agreed to pay something like two billion dollars to the publishers or something. I have not like that. heard that word in twenty years. Capitulated? Yeah. To where I had to. That's actually, my boarding school bringing up, man. I had to actually go through the, the 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 Webster's Rolodex there, and all that was there was a chimpanzee with a with a symbol. Well, what would be better? I mean, what would be simpler than capitulated? They Wild lost. Not found. They lost. <laughs> yeah, four oh four error. You got the blue screen of death in your brain. I used to <laughs> I used to read the dictionary out of boredom, man, just to learn new words. Yeah. And now capitulated? What's okay? What's <laughs> I I remember that cool word. What does that mean again? It sounds like something out of Shakespeare. Well, I tell you, we gotta take a quick pause and we come back. Uh, we got carbon tax we gotta talk about. We've got what else? We've got women's history month. We didn't even mention that. Still going. Absolute Energy Field Products and Services. American Direction Driller is our uh, sponsor. We got all kinds of different things going on. Swan Energy Phone Line, Industrial Forest Studios. I'm heading down to Tulsa, then down to Mid. Oh, they got the cook-off happening. Yeah, you got a cook-off you're going to at the Pipeline, Pipeliners Association down there. I need to go take a leak. I feel all right. I'm doing okay. I'm here for the moment, you know, and then I'm on my way. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. The Crude Life, Play Hard, Work Hard, is sponsored in part by Absolute Energy Field Products and Services. Absolute Energy Field Products and Services is an engineering, design, and manufacturer of oil and gas production equipment, refining, and petrochemical processing equipment. They manufacture the equipment with the highest standards as per ASME Boiler and Pressure Vessel Code, Section 8, Division 1, and can be designed, fabricated, and tested in accordance with NACE standards. Absolute Energy Field Products and Services. For more information, check out their website, absoluteenergyfield.com. That's absoluteenergyfield.com. The Crude Life, Play Hard, Work Hard, is sponsored in part by American Directional Driller, especially designed for the American Directional Driller to measure bottom hole assembly equipment up to 40 feet. As of release, this product is unmatched in the marketplace. This heavy-duty 40-foot tape measure has three measurement scales on an extra-wide blade. Pick up this 40-foot tape measure at Amazon.com or be sure to check out their website, AmericanDirectionalDriller.com. The Industrial Forest. It takes an industry to build a forest. 
Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. My name is Jason Spies, that is Sterling, and this segment, I don't even know how to attack this segment, because carbon pricing. Car- what is carbon pricing? I don't know how to play hard with carbon pricing, <laughs> and what? and I need to understand carbon pricing. Part of the show, part of the show is us doing show prep, mm-hmm. and I got this big important meeting this week with Jerry Simmons from DEPA, Domestic Energy Producers Alliance, to talk about carbon pricing and why we don't necessarily want it or well you know i mean and i think like me maybe a lot some of people of you just do. don't even understand what the hell it really means you know well as soon as i hear tax i don't want it that's and that's me. what it is it's essentially it's it's a tax on co2 uh, per ton admitted into the atmosphere so they've what i'm kind of curious about is how they figure out what that tax or cost should be because it sounds like what they do is they try to figure out the impact that that carbon has on the environment. Well, I'm going to go to the World Bank, okay? Can you give and me I, a loan? And I don't know why there? I'm going to the World Bank, but that's where I'm going to go for what is carbon tax, carbon pricing, okay? Because my guess is that they're probably at least somewhat in the know. Mm. You'd hope so. I don't even Who do you go to for an official? Like, honestly... Well, who's, who, the, who's the official who decides carbon the, tax, carbon is it our, pricing? Is it our climate envoy? Is it our That's climate I mean. czar? Is, is, is it a couple of guys in a back room with an abacus? Is it John Kerry? Is it John Kerry? Who's who's pulling John Kerry's hey, keister? dude can do some wicked windsurfing, so I think we can trust him with the environment. I don't know how you know that. Wow. <laughs> Weird comment. Because I watched all the political ads in 2004. Is that when he ran? Yeah. Carbon pricing is an instrument that captures the external costs of greenhouse gas emissions. Greenhouse gas emissions. Sorry, I got held up because it said GHG. They had to give me the uh, acronym. The acronym. We love acronyms in this country. Greenhouse gas emissions. The cost of emissions that the public pays for such damage to crops, healthcare costs from heat waves and droughts. Okay. Loss of property from flooding and sea level rise ties them to their source and the price, usually in the form of price carbon dioxide emitted. Okay, now I got a little problem here. See, to me, it seems like at first glance, like the cigarette taxes of the 90s and the early 2000s, where they, you know, they're basically trying to price it to well, the point. that's a great analogy. In Minnesota, you pay almost $9 a pack for cigarettes. Do you in, really? In North Dakota, you pay about 5 So at the... At the uh, Native American casinos. This is a true story. I did a 
story for uh, the one down out of uh, Hankinson. Okay. Okay. I don't remember what that one's called. Dakota Magic and, or something like that. Yeah. The, 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 the next part's kind of loose. Okay. Well, we kind of had an off the record conversation about their cigarette sales mm-hmm. because they don't pay federal tax. That's right. So it's like two bucks a pack. Yeah. And so people from up to hundreds of miles away were loading up their trunks. Oh, yeah. To where the cigarette companies had to come in and say, no, 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 no. We don't want a federal investigation or the right. arms and tobacco <laughs> industry shutting us down. Good old ATF. The, the, the cigarette companies had to intervene and say, you can't sell that much cigarettes. That's why they probably <laughs> limit. You see those signs up oh, where it's like, there? yeah, in okay. uh, smoke shops, it's like, you know, limit four cartons per person or so, at a time. Oh, he told like me that. one guy from Fergus Falls, which is what? 60 miles from the yeah. casino, some Fergus Falls, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. One guy was loading his trunk up for the neighborhood. Oh, hell yeah. It's like for, going- <laughs> it's a drug dealer, man. He's going down to He's Tijuana. state lines. Going to get a bunch of prescription meds out of Canada. Come across through Niagara Falls. I mean, oh, just, man. it's a drug mule. That's it, all it, it is. is. It's just a different type. It's just a different type, man. You know, for some of you folks down south, it's running moonshine. Right. Just, you know, different era of time. That's all. Yeah, just pick your poison. All, all to save seven bucks a pack. But, you know, like, uh, well, Brad... The voice guy, back to yep. Brad. Gee, folks, hadn't noticed, but he's a smoker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the crude life. You can't, you don't get that naturally. No, he's got that gravelly voice. No, that's 70 years of puffing in lung darts. Yep. Lung darts, baby. All right, so what I see here. Back to pricing. Going back to the World Bank. A price on carbon helps shift the burden for the damage from greenhouse gas emissions back to those who are responsible for it. And who can avoid it? See, again, like the cigarette companies, they got dinged billions of dollars. Right. And boy, I tell you, they're the ones paying the taxes, aren't mm-hmm. they? No, it's the people no. who, are, who are the consumer. So, and that's the big problem with the carbon tax. It always gets, you know, it always gets pushed down to the consumer. Well, because the lower you go on the stratosphere of life in terms of, in, you know, the economy, like, like that great episode of, well, no, what... Uh, Wheel of Fortune used to be when you go around, you'd buy and price things, you know, mm-hmm. like I'll take the sofa for 140 bucks, the bucket of KFC for $8, right. 30 Rock, Jack Donaghy looked at life that way, Kenneth was $8, <laughs> his painting was $4,000, yeah. you know, he, fortunately that's, that's the way life is, but the lower you go down, the poorer you become sure can we say that word is poor is that a word you can say anymore absolutely or is that so offensive now that we have to have economically challenged i feel like economically challenged is a little too much okay whatever the case is well i I felt like that was physically challenged and mentally challenged i thought that was more offensive than the other words to be honest i thought that was really offensive yeah but that was the pc anywho point is your heat is your number one expense. Your heating and cooling is your number one expense in your house. And if you drive, you have to pay for gas. Mm -hmm. So then when the carbon tax gets pushed to the consumer, this is the big argument against the carbon tax, is that it is the poor people who are going to suffer the most. Mm -hmm. So what you're doing is it's another shell game and another smoke and mirrors to where a certain group of elected officials seem to always have the rich people and the elite interests at heart. Oh, absolutely. And they disguise it by saying, oh, let's pick on oil and gas. Let's pick on tobacco. 
Let's pick on who was in between there. There was somebody in between there for a while. Uh, oh, oil and tobacco. Uh, gosh, well, big tech is right in there now. Yeah, they're polluters. So. But I mean, you know, mind polluters. They're next. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, I mean, in terms of like government who, stepping who, whoever in. Whoever the social bad boy is or the social mm. boogeyman or, you know what I mean? The yeah. social shamers, whoever yeah. they're social shaming. And they're, they're very good at it. They're very good at it. You remember that Greta Thunberg 18 year old tweet where she was wearing her uh, kind of tight shirt showing she was a female mm-hmm. and it said uh, flat earthers or, or Mars earthers or what was it? She said that she was going down to the pub to listen to all the crazy people talk about climate change mm-hmm. and whether Mars was flat. <laughs> and I just stood up and clapped. Yeah. And I not? went, that, no, that's grabbing the narrative. Yeah. That's grabbing the narrative because what she's doing in one single tweet to her minion of following idol worshipers, and she has them. She that's a trouble, them. dude. That's a trouble. Okay. Right now, Hang on. And, and, let me, let me sorry, go my on. Soapbox. Do it. I'm up on it. Get on it. I'm up on Get it. Get on it. Hallelujah. Amen, brother. What happened there is she then escalated the you're crazy if you deny climate change. Mm-hmm. And, and just like that, to that group of people. Oh, nobody likes being called crazy. Well, no. Don't you remember The Simpsons? And The Simpsons has not only taught us a lot. It's prophetic. But it's, it's prophetic. It's like fucking and Nostradamus. Prophetic. And declared Trump's presidency, if you remember. Yep. Okay. And, and the aftermath. Don't you it. remember the episode? Folks, there's an episode of The Simpsons where Lisa becomes president. And the United States comes behind on all their bills. China's there. Japan's there. Mm. All the nations are there. Bill collecting. Yeah, ready to pick ready up the to tab. Pick up. So she calls in Bart. And what does Bart do? Come on, China. I thought you were cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, we cool. You pay us later. Right. So if you can socially shame somebody, oh, mm. you can get them to do a lot of things that they normally wouldn't do. Absolutely. Dude, and what do you think makeup's built on? Well, and that's what the age we're living in right now. Man. I, used to, I, I spent a year with Axe Body Spray. I, I mean, I'm embarrassed even saying that, oh, that I man. was once a time when I used Axe Body Spray. Yeah. They socially shamed me into that. There was no women jumping out of garbage cans at me. Actually, there were. <laughs> Never mind. That was a different time. Yeah, that's a whole <laughs> other story. That and that didn't end too well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what, where do we start with this Carbon pricing, baby. Yep. And we ended up in the dumpster diving. And we ended up in dumpster diving. I mean, I feel like end of, it's full end circle. of segment. I think we, you've, yeah. We, we can't top it at this yeah, point, can Mic we? drop at this point. <laughs> so when, when we're talking about carbon pricing, one of the examples that they like to give that tries to keep it somewhat neutral, mm-hmm. okay, without getting into too many trigger areas is say like beekeeping. We had a, a Mick Hager on last week. Okay, so let's in farming's another one, but we'll say beekeeping for mm-hmm. example. So a beekeeper creates honey, right? Yep. So that's that's their product at the end of the day, and it's a food. Okay, so it's a food. So the side effect though is you've got you know pollination, and you've got you've got some chemicals, and you know you which gotta, is maybe more important than and, the honey, really. And you got to drive out to where the bees are, and then you know you've got your suit made of certain plastics and polymers, and mm-hmm. you got to smoke, you know, the bees, and so you, you have a lot of different day to day type of things, mm-hmm. which really do create quote unquote greenhouse gas emissions. Yeah. Okay. So anytime you burn anything, what is the value? generated by pollination and the extracurriculars versus the harvested honey. Mm-hmm. That's 
how you try to educate a child. That's how you try to educate a climate activist. That's how you try to educate right. somebody like that. You like that little... I do. That was nice. <laughs> that was very nice. Was that... Was that dig noticeable? No, it was... But it, as subtle as a slap in the uh, face? It was a humble dig. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how I feel like it is sometimes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I feel like that in the oil and gas industry too. That there's some people that are very, you know, that, you know, Exxon and BP never happened. They did, but look at everything that we did because of it. Yeah. I mean, the climate got better because of it. We, 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 that's how it, accidents happen. There's a whole unbelievable list of accidents of people that are so grateful it happened and ones that are not happy it happened. Okay. (laughs) So an an example of one where the guy, like the inventor regrets it is the inventor of the cubicle. Oh yeah. He regrets that immensely. Like he considers his contribution to be the downfall of society. It's like he invented arsenic or something, (laughs) you know, (laughs) we're we're on the other side. I think was it penicillin or, um, morphine or penicillin was an accident. Yeah. There was some ones like that where it was a complete accident. Uh, what's, what's the uh, shattered glass on our windshields and that sort of stuff. Oh, that was an accident where some French chemist was working with a, uh, Bunsen burner, you know, type of a thing. And he dropped it and it didn't break. And so he just stared at Tempered it Tempered glass, days, huh? Like, what the heck? And then he realized it was the, the thing that he cooked out of there created a film. And then all of a sudden that film became Almost like sealed glass. it up. Ah, yeah, it, nice. it took several months of yeah. him actually staring at this Bunsen, like trying to figure out what was different about this. Yeah. And there was like news stories that popped up about shattered glass flying and killing people mm-hmm. and hurting people from automobile accidents and things. So it was, a you know, so accidents are good sometimes. Well, yeah. I mean, they oftentimes lead to innovation. Right. You know, you know, and sometimes there, there's probably a good thing for a tax, but you know, like a gas tax probably is not a bad thing. It's a good way to get, you know, the user to pay for a road. Mm-hmm. There's, there's some decent examples where sales tax works out. Well, and it's easier for us as individuals on a state local level to see that. Yes, I pay my taxes because then they fix my roads and they, you know, you can see it. You know, there was a time when they did actually look at a tax as a decent thing it's just that absolutely when it's what's when they get abused which is usually pretty quick mm-hmm. that's the problem the tax generally gets abused really fast and that's why we're kind of stepping up here at the crude life with this climate stuff because we've been shouting for a long time and you can go to you can go to the crude life and take a look we've been shouting for a long time that this climate activism is real it is a different type of fight mm-hmm it is a different type of presentation. There's a lot of momentum on that side right now. And it is happening in ways that the oil and gas industry is not used to. No. Well, they are used to controlling the conversation. Yeah. And what they do not understand is they, although they have all the control in the world, they don't have control anymore. No. It's, it's the soccer moms and the social shamers yeah. and the Well, they were, the, they were the drivers of it. You know I mean? The, the industry was the driver of the message for so long. It's the Bart Simpson but, uh, coming in and saying, hey, hey China, I thought cool. you were cool, man. But in a lot of ways, I think the oil and gas industry has been sort of coasting on inertia when it comes to that oh, yeah. message. You know, they're just sort of that assumption that, well, yeah, people like heat and cool, so why are they giving us crap? Been running on gas for a long time. 
Yeah, I was gonna say there's I'm probably a take. Bruce. There's probably a Bruce Springsteen song in there somewhere. I was thinking the Paul Harvey, the the uh, popular Paul Harvey. Oh, in fact, and this is Paul. I Harvey. wonder if I can play that. If I could, if, I wonder if that's past the uh, time on like public domain. Public domain. It's really good. It talks about the downfall of America. That was back in like the sixties. Sixties that yeah. he did that one. Yeah, yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. Really prophetic, and uh, it kind of surfaced during the Obama era. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then it getting resurfaced now in the Biden one. And so, and it just talks about how people giving up their liberty for a little bit of illusion of safety. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this is Paul Harvey. This is not George Carlin. Right. The, who I consider one of the greatest prophets of my generation. <laughs> well, you're talking about two as different people as possible there between Carlin and Harvey. Shadow prices on the... Carbon pricing. Shadow prices. They even have a name for it. Yeah, (laughs) shadow prices show the actual price of the product or material. Shadow prices are currently used as a tool in a wide range of decision-making processes, particularly in government and industry. They provide input in two ways. Number one, shadow prices can serve valuation. In analysis and analyzing, The social effects of an investment decision. Shadow prices can be used to take environmental impacts on board alongside financial considerations by assigning them a monetary value. The principal aim is valuation. So then they go into shadow pricing. Now, see, already I'm half asleep. So that's why they do that. And what gets me, and you know, I don't even want to read anymore because this is all subjective shit. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because we haven't even decided on... This is like house appraisal. Wind energy. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very much against wind energy. But I'm cool with solar. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm fine with solar. I think solar's got a lot of promise. I think they got a long way to go on their battery storage till they can be a player in anything mm-hmm. residential or it's anything. It's a much more passive system, it's, it's, though. It's a great supplement. Yeah. And I believe that if they mandated homes to be built... Facing south yep. would be a start in the right direction to say, now we're serious about solar. Screw the solar panels. Start figuring out that if we just position our homes mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, in the way of the sun, that's going to actually do more good than harm. Okay. Now, wind, you can suck it. No, you know, wind, you blow. You blow wind, okay, and, or and, not like the one we just were watching outside. This three hundred foot monstrosity sitting idle. What do we got? A ten mile an hour clip outside? At least okay, ten, fifteen, five, maybe yeah. to twenty. Whatever. It's never not breezy. Right, here. it's breezy. It's always breezy. That wind turbine, the two wind turbines, we can see six and a half miles away from my house. Yeah, okay, they're, they're tallest structure in view. They're not moving. No, they're not no. moving. Okay, so first of all, that problem. You got the reclamation. Which blows my mind. That there's still no real way to reclaim these and recycle them? In fact, I am holding every elected official accountable for the economical, environmental damage going forward now on wind energy (laughs) because there's no reclamation program. Wyoming, South Dakota, Iowa have now said enough. We're not taking your wind turbines anymore. So you figure out a way they to get rid of them. Cut those things in three different segments. I believe it. And load them onto these big rail car things, mm-hmm. these transportation deals. Okay, to get them there 
they got to have an envoy of Oh, I watch them on the highway, escorts, man. Yeah. Okay. So wind energy is taking the country in such a wrong direction. Now, they used to have some corkscrew wind energy in some of the skyscrapers in mm-hmm. Chicago and in between traffic lanes in India mm-hmm. to use the inertia of the, cars. Yep, just okay? the cars and the wind. But it, they're being... shaped like a corkscrew. Okay. I'm cool with that. Yeah. I'm cool with the old Amish or, one. Or like the, uh, you know, like we talked about, like the more private. The 150-year-old one. Yeah. yeah okay. That yeah. You're more you're, you're more efficient than, than wind today. Yeah. And so to actually give money to an industry to say, hey, keep creating more non-biodegradable energy mm-hmm. without having a program to, to recycle and renew... How, how, how is that allowed? That's not okay with me. No, and I have a feeling, and this is just a guess, but I bet you 10, 15, maybe 20 years from now, we'll look at those things and they'll be basically, they'll be derelict. They'll be, they'll have either moved on to something way more efficient. Yeah, because you think about the energy that goes into building one of those to transport it, to set the it footings. up. The footings. The concrete yeah. involved. It just seems like a, steel. It's like, it's probably a way heavy handed way to approach it. It's the landowner's responsibility at the end of the day, in my understanding. Mm-hmm. A lot like these abandoned wells in the oil and gas. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is there? Do these lawmakers not pick up a newspaper? Do they not read a website? Do they not listen to a podcast or the news or social media? Different to find priorities, out man. Different there's priorities. There's all kinds of abandoned wells out there. And to think, oh, if we're going to do wind turbines, maybe we should have a reclamation program. Nah. I mean, you can't make it up. Nah. You can't Although, make it up. Again, now I'm kind of curious. We should try to contact some of these uh, manufacturers of the turbines and be like, hey, how do we get rid of this thing when we're done? It could be the new asbestos. Well, al- yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I mean, maybe not on that same sort of level of poison, but... Fargo's biggest liberal, okay? I think he might... He, I don't know if he's still around or not, but... Does he have a, um, like a crown or something? No, no, he, he was he was a very uh, his heart was in the right place. He was mm-hmm. a, he was a foreign pastor or educator or something like that, very into that. Mm-hmm. And so he, he was he was the old original kind of you know always putting people the first. Moderate progressive, yeah, kind of like what Ron Paul is to libertarians. He kind of okay. was to that. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, he he would. So what he did is he went out and stayed in a in a place at home in rural uh, North Dakota. Mm-hmm. They had a wind turbine. And he came back, and he was against wind turbines after that. After that, oh yeah, because of the hum yeah. and the and the flicker and the shadows, and and there's no way he would want to have anybody living next to that. So yeah, his whole thing was no, you got to be X amount of miles away, or this. He he couldn't even figure out a compromise after that because as soon as he experienced walking in somebody's shoes who has a wind turbine mm-hmm. on their property, you don't have anything to do with that. I just don't think the return is worth it. No. Like, you know, if it was this amazing power source once set up and you had to deal with the, like living next to a electric switch station where there's always humming, sure. I don't even want to know anymore about this carbon pricing right now. I know, now. it's kind of depressing, man. So we'll interview Jerry Simmons with... Let's ask, we need to ask some professionals the to professionals. explain this to us. Well, you know, we've been doing quite a bit with ESG, but we've been so focused on the environmental side mm-hmm. and the carbon capturing side and the trees and all that. Um, I, I just, I, I that's I, a practical solution. <laughs> I didn't think that the American Petroleum Institute would was going to endorse carbon pricing or pontificate or even get the conversation started in that direction. It's a it's a concession <laughs> of it being inevitable, I think. Because at the end of the day, 
the last seven years, my presentation, when I've been going out at conferences, mm-hmm. and this is what has been pissing people off, okay? <laughs> no, seriously, I've been pissing people off by this because you know I get in front of a lot of, a lot of people mm-hmm. of power, and they, they, they don't like this, that I've been saying Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and then I had to add AOC, and then I had to, well, first it was Colorado. It started with Colorado. Mm-hmm. How I noticed there was a lot of people looking over their shoulder in the breakfast bars at the hotel before they mentioned they worked in oil and gas. Hmm. Well, then I started seeing Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren going after it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then all of a sudden, Green New Deal. And it just it kept getting ramped up to where now the American Petroleum Institute. Yeah. You got API saying that. You got major car am, am, companies am going out of EV. This timeline? No. And I mean, if anything, it seems like it's speeding up. Like I said, we're three months into the year. It's kind of a it's makes you wonder what it's gonna look like in December. <laughs> you Defined know I mean? by defection, I called it. There's there's several lines been to me this is a defining moment well and it i don't know man. the momentum seems to be there you know where it's like the pebbles right before the avalanche like i was saying i just spoke at api two weeks ago does that mean i endorse what they are saying well you know when we when we even found this this was from the wall street journal and it was reported on but it wasn't like an official report that was out there yet this was you know this was all stuff that was still floating around in the background you remember last fall Oklahoma, mm-hmm. the the group of uh, people wrote a letter to their uh, petroleum alliance or their petroleum council and said, we don't agree with the president. Yeah. And they asked for his resignation. They send the letter to me. I know I got it and it was in the news. So, so this is happening. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not trying to hide from it. I'm trying to say, let's let's find out what's going on so we can get on the same page. Because from my understanding, I thought we were all in this because we like the industry. We like the fact that they're the only industry out there giving money to build communities how the community wants. Well, and realistically, the community seriously, they're not not telling the community that oh, you got to have it blue. No, they're saying here's some money to go build a community center how you want. Right. But we'll make sure it'll be hey if if you just take our money, it's going to be a quonsent. But if you know if you guys throw in you know twenty percent more, you can have a nice one. That's what I love about the oil and gas industry. They don't enable. I mean, no, they don't entitle, they enable. Yeah, Wait, yeah. Is that no, right? I no. think that's right. Yeah, because they're basically, you know, in most cases, it's just good business is to put money into the community that you're in. It's good PR, it's good business. There's a sense... It's responsible. There's a very good feeling about a sense of accomplishment, mm-hmm. okay? And so to me, it's almost like the oil and gas industry says, you know, local community, I understand you need a new school. Take like Mandaree up in, up in uh, Mandaree Head Start. They donated not the entire amount, mm-hmm. but more than enough to get them to going. To get it going. Yeah. yeah, to get their dream fulfilled. Yeah, that down payment. And, and to know that you've got a safety net along the way, and mm-hmm. more importantly, somebody supporting you, that's better than it all. And, well, and it gives you a whole sense of accomplishment yep. instead of just saying, gimme, 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 gimme. No, because, okay, now we got a little skin in the game, too. Well, yeah, you look at places like Wyoming, New Mexico, that, that have, you know, something like 80 to 90% of their education budget, you know, comes from tax revenues and oil and gas. 
So yeah, I mean, it's never, it's not going away. Even uh, Grisholm, the energy secretary, is saying it's not going away. It's going to be around for decades. What they're talking about is changing how we treat it. You yeah, know? that's not good, though. But it's also probably inevitable. So my but, my but question is: is you've already. got you've got sort of the ESG movement, the environmental yeah. social governance movement that's pretty solidified. I mean, it's it's not a monolith, but it's pretty solidified. But on the other side, you've got oil and gas, you got API, you got all these. They're all going in different directions. That's the best time to start if you're AP or if uh, you're social governance or environmentalist to say this is what we're going to do. Steamroll you. That's why I've been saying yeah. someone is going to control the narrative. Absolutely. And so if the industry is going in five different directions, mm-hmm. okay, midstream's going one way, upstream's going one way, salmon stream's going another way, trout streams, you know what yeah, I mean? Because yeah. there's there's yeah. more than just the basic operators upstream, downstream, yeah. you know, midstream. No, there's there's other streams. You know, it's there's, it's there's an opportunity, stream, man. You know, and- it's an opportunity because right now we're living in a time where, according to polls I've read, more of the country, majority of the country believes in that the climate is changing. There's obviously discussion about what's causing it. But now is the time where the public is behind trying to do some smart stuff for us all for the future. So it's, it's a, again, good intention, good idea, but unless it's properly channeled, we're going to end up with some crazy-ass stuff where we're all riding horse and buggies. I'm going to ask the CEO president of DEPA, how do we get on the same page? Yeah, exactly. How do we? I get we're not anymore. No, everybody's okay. looking at a different friggin' book, man. <laughs> and what, the crude life, listen, we can finger point too. Oh, yeah, I'm good oh, at Oh, yeah, I've, if, if you guys want to pay me to finger point, I'll, I'll do it all day long. Yeah, I but gotta, we believe in some solution-based journalism. So if there's ever a finger pointing, we always say, what's next? How do we do this? And what, what can we do to stop that? Yeah, it's not about blame. It's about addressing the problem. Right, exactly. So that's what we're going to handle it when it comes to the API and uh, this DEPA. Where they, there's two different ideologicals here. And, you know, we tried to cover it a little bit. When API and Matt Gallagher mm-hmm. with Parsley Energy, when he was on CNBC, they had their ideological differences. Yep. And we're, we're going to stay on it a little bit because... And that was only, th- what, three months ago? Yeah. Yeah. It's very important times. Yeah. Well, and it's perfect timing for your trip. Right. The, the groups that you're going to be talking with. Oh, and then at the DAPA, cookout to find And then out at the, the Pipeliners Association. That, that'll be a succession uh, meeting, yeah. I'll tell you It's that. actually the perfect order you're going in, too, man. Down through Tulsa first. Yeah, that is going to be... I might not come back to Texas. <laughs> Either by choice... They'll send me a piece. Or by not. Who knows? <laughs> so, well, I'll tell you what, folks. When we come back, what do we got? News coming up next here on the Play Hard, Work Hard Morning Show. My name is Jason Spies. That is Sterling. We'll see you Standing in the rain. I woke up on a diesel track outside of New Orleans. My poncho left me and I didn't know what to sing. Oh, but Willie does it. It can't be bad. If Willie does it, it can't be bad. And if Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band.
The Crude Life with Jason Spies. Thank you for joining the program today. If you want to look at America, you go to Permian and the Bakken, and, and that's what America should be, united as one. And that's exactly what we are. And, and then, you know, that's what I love about the oil and gas industry. One county in Kansas, one single county, produced 9% of the world's oil. That was oil that won World War One, As the British said from the floor of Parliament, the Allies floated to victory on a sea of oil. Works picked up here in the Permian Basin. Yeah, leadership really needs to take a look at how we've been doing things and constantly make changes in how we can do things better. Commodities are always, 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 any commodity business, whether it's milk or whether it's oil or whether it's apples, they always are boom or bust because the solution to low prices is high prices, the solution to high prices is, you know, is high prices. It's a big issue. You know, it's kind of Red Riding Hood syndrome here. People making out the industry to be the big bad wolf. And on top of that, you know, you would get a nice increase in pay, as I'm sure most of us all know. When you move to oil field areas, you get a, a nice little bump in pay. After him and I having five margaritas over at the Cork and Pig, I called my boyfriend and I was like, hey, do you want to move to Texas? And he was like, yeah, when, when are we moving? <laughs> and honestly, we moved about a month after that. This oil and gas industry, I've met some of the best people I've ever met in my life doing this. Play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. Welcome back to the Crude Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. My name is Jason Spies. Just getting ready to get on the road. Getting ready, packing up. Road just, trip. Frackleberry is already ready. She was sitting in the car. Sorry for that extra commercial there, folks, but uh, we had to get Frackleberry Hound out of the car because she was ready to go in the driver's seat mm-hmm. for the road trip on the road again. I would trust her driving. You know, maybe you got to work the gas pedal for That'd it. That'd be nice. I could finally take a nap. You could take a nap. Because I can't do more than eight hours. I'm old, man. Uh, I can't. I can't road warrior like I used to. So what do you listen to? You got a, you got a book on tape. You got a radio station. What do you like on the road? I stream video. Oh, that scares the hell out of me. <laughs> I like to listen to comedies. Oh, okay, okay. You just listen to them. You're not watching. Or I, you know, born identity. Okay. Born supremacy. I like that's a nice nine hour block binge fest which i've done before of course i've seen those a hundred times so i had a friend that used uh, to listen to commentary from movies on the road bought idiocracy on the road oh that's perfect just south dakota man <laughs> you know that maybe that makes me kind of want to buy one of those cool semis with the back cab you know so you can just you got your own little motel yeah sometimes i yeah i do i like i like comedies you know i yeah. do i like to laugh and the storylines sometimes crack me up. It's good background noise. Aqua Teen, Hunger Force. Of course, I love that. Regular show. Another favorite. Been watching that with my son lately. We've been laughing that. Haven't watched Bob Burgers in a while. I heard they're doing a movie. For real? For real. Okay. Mixed feelings on that. Me too. I have only watched the first season What does that mean now? Nothing. I mean, really, it's not like a, you know, I mean, with all the platforms. How is that any different than a one or two hour special? It's basically what it is. Seinfeld Christmas special. Yeah. Was there one of those? I don't know. There I just should made have it been. up. That would have been awesome. Garfield's Christmas a special. A Jewish Christmas whatever. special. That would have been perfect. Jewish Christmas special. <laughs> oh, man. That's the type of. And I say that as somebody who was raised humor as a you get Jew. here during the play hard portion. <laughs> 
That's the type of unscripted blasphemy <laughs> hey, you get right hey. here on a Monday morning <laughs> with the work hard, I'm, or the play hard work. I'm hard. Jewish by birth, man. That's right. You are. I am. I forget about that. Yep. That's right. You're the Old Testament, and yes. I'm Catholic, mm-hmm. baptized. That's why we get along so well. We've got that guilt. Wait a minute. You're Jewish by birth, mm-hmm. and I'm Catholic by baptism. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Neither yeah. of us had a choice. No, neither of us had a choice. And in fact, for most of my young adult life, we had to pretend to be Christian in Saudi Arabia because you could not be Jewish. You ever been to a uh, Baptist ceremony? I have. Okay. Yep. I was not prepared for such a thing. Okay, so <laughs> I, I dated a girl in ooh, my early 20s. Okay. And up till it, keep in mind, I was a Sunday school teacher. I was an altar boy. I went to a Catholic school. That scares I me. I mean, so, you know, I've got some training here, folks. So, I mean, I've, you know, I have read the Bible twice. Okay. Cover so, to cover? Apparently, yeah. Don't know how much I retained. It's spotty. <laughs> well, have you ever been to a, we used bri- to nip a, the a bris? Wine. Uh, what? Have you ever been to a bris? A Jewish no, circumcision I have not. ceremony? No, I, have not. I have not. I was, but uh, thankfully too young to remember it. That's what I figured was coming. <laughs> so, the Baptist ceremony, um, this was pre rock bands at the church. Okay. Okay. This was before the whole. Before it got fun. Before, right. Before they, they, they'd sell you, serve you coffee, before mm. you. As soon as you walk in, they give you a coffee or wine. And then you go watch a rock concert. Pastor gets church up, has changed. says six things, and they call it church. That right? is not what I remember. Oh, that's oh, a lot of church yeah. now. Okay. Yeah. So when I went, they actually had masses still in Latin. Oh, man. Yeah. I've done mass a couple of times. They had masses that um, uh, uh, there was no singing. That was the one that I like to go to mm-hmm. in and out in 45 minutes versus the hour and 15 minutes. Yeah, hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. And, of course, it was... It was um, half res- of that's the sacrament. Respectable music, not this rock music devil worshiping footloose stuff. No, man. Catholic okay. Church in Perm has the old organ. Well, you know <laughs> what? Pretty much got me out of the church was when I tried to start the youth group. The mm-hmm. nuns ganged up on me and rode me the heck out of town. Now, see, that sounds like a movie. Oh, I right was there. Judas. That's like to them. Sister Act Three. I was Judas, man. <laughs> this, the thirty piece pences of silver got in my way and and led me to the ill promised land of the children. Oh, yeah. they did not like that at yeah. all. Yeah, well, you are you are expert at warping minds, so yeah, I could see that. Got to be the only person fired from volunteer work, right? So, by nuns. By nuns. <laughs> Did you put that on True a resume? Story, by the way, I'm not making this shit up. Thanks. Thank you for your seven years of Sunday school service and five years of being an altar boy. And yeah, now forget, with it, forget you know. where we are. Oh, man, <laughs> we lost every other kid in there, but you're the last one standing. Get rid of him too. Well, yeah, because you probably were churning out a bunch of little hippie libertarians. You know, well, five years later, they you know rock bands came. And yeah. It was all over. Then it was well. Hey, that's how you get the Ute. Right, <laughs> they just heart attack. One year of heart attacks, and then it was passed. <laughs> then it was back, right? Just kind of whoa. Yeah, the kids with well, their rock and roll and their the, Donkey Kongs. Getting back to the Baptist ceremony, because again, this was before rock band church. Um, so it was very almost gospel. Mm-hmm. Okay, what, what I would in, stereotypical a black Southern church, right? Do the that, hymns. And... It, it was like that, but up near Park Rapids, Minnesota. Nice. Okay, It was a Baptist church. I love a Baptist church. And then there was a baptism. 
And this this kid was like 12. Okay. Okay. And he was dressed in a suit. Mm-hmm. And then they just grabbed him and like... Was it in a full immersion? Full on, put him, dunked him backwards like Nesty Plunge controlled <laughs> into a bathtub. Yeah. A bathtub. That was actually, that's the scariest part about baptism to me. Well, it's like it was, waterboarding. It, that's what I'm saying. It was like, it's, it's not so much the, the, the symbolic nature yeah. of it. It's more the waterboarding well, it's nature the physical, of it. The physical yeah, part it's the, of it. Yeah, it's the I don't like to drown part of it. Because I, I cannot forget the look on the kid's face. I'm sure. Because he knew it was coming. It doesn't matter, man. <laughs> and I thought, well, okay, I just, you know, I don't remember my baptism. This is different because yeah. this, this kid made the choice. Yeah. And he stood up in front of his peers and his congregation. Oh, yeah. And he had to explain or say his piece or whatever it was. And I think it was, I thought it was pretty cool. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And almost everybody I know that's been baptized, it was later in life. It was not, you know, a childbirth. Let's see. So then afterwards, the uh, the girl's parents asked me what I thought. And I said, boy, that was like a pep rally. <laughs> and they, they kind of looked at me and I said, well, you got to remember, this is like witchcraft to me. Like, right, right, is, right. I go, we, we still got like incense and globes and balls and stuff. So, you know, we still... Or our, doing that our, thing. Yeah, our accompaniments. Man, we just got we off on a religious bend right still, out of the gate, you know? didn't we? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. So, hey, speaking of that, what do we got in the news today? Well, you know, uh, you're going down south. You're getting on the road. So, of course, we got to talk about Texas. And Texas is big, and everything in Texas is big, including unlike the news. Unlike Bill Gates and unlike Elon Musk, Texas actually warrants being in the news every day. Hey, Elon Musk is a Texan now. Did you see he did not die? I suck. Yeah, it's funny. I woke up and read a message saying he hadn't died. And I'm like, well, when the hell were they saying he had died? It was like a minute. The night before, there was whatever on Twitter about him being dead. I, I, mean, I took a picture of that and sent it to a friend of mine. And I said, this is why I can't do journalism oh, anymore. Man. Because that's the competition. Well, you know what it is? It's it's That, that, it's, that, that person gets paid a salary. It's, by a top news organization yeah. to report Elon Musk is not dead. It's the uh, it's it's writing the exam the night before it's due. It's it's double <laughs> spacing. It's double indenting. It's media madness. It's putting his the the bare minimum words in there. Yeah, it's disgusting, man. I, that, I thought that was an onion headline. I, really I did too. Did. Actually, I had to double check because I thought it was off of Onion or one of those other weird news sites. Waitress at Chili's. Causes anxiety at table. That's one of my favorite. Uh, oh no, my favorite onion. Old headline. man yells at clouds. <laughs> favorite onion headline. Staff from Arsenio Hall still stays in touch. <laughs> yeah, I talked to Dave the other day. He's doing stuff with Conan. It was just like the greatest news story ever. Man, I well, thought I would read this. I yeah, am reading this. I mean, it's not easy to dig up news on Arsenio Hall show. I mean, <laughs> you got that's that's journalism, touch. dude. That is journalism. The one from Chili's was great though because they had quotes from the table. Like, right, boy, when she she asked for to hold the marinara, and the waitress didn't write it down, that created some anxiety. There was some anxiety. Exactly. Yeah. Like I'm going. This is good Just, writing, though. You can picture it as a reality show, like them doing interviews with each person at the table. You know what they were thinking, what they were going. And for. I don't know who is employed by the Onion, but I do know this: that I could see it being journalists who are just using that for fun, mm-hmm. but putting all of their journalism skills into it. That's like, what makes it good. That's, that's what, what makes it's a good, good article when it's it's so straight-faced, but completely absurd. I would actually say that the news that the mainstream media and the big media organizations put out there on a regular basis, mm-hmm. grammatically, phonetically, 
centerruxually. Ooh. That's like truthiness. That's a word I just made that up. That is a perfectly cromulent word. Is nowhere near the onion. Meaning no. the onion's writing is really good. Yeah. It's it's kind of like um that might be part of the joke. That's like diners, drive-ins, and dives, and pawn stars. Yeah, the shows really aren't that good, but the formulas, really, the structure's right. really good. Right. Yeah. It just keeps moving, and it goes back and forth, and it's just, the timing of it is just perfect. That's the type of show that actually doesn't need Guy Ferrari no. in it. You could put somebody else in there, but the structure of the show is there. That's what makes it. And, that, and the Pawn Stars, and what's the other one? Uh, storage Storage, shoppers storage and, Unit yeah, Wars. All that yeah, stuff. I love those You're going to have your characters, and yeah. uh, yep, that guy, and yep. you know everything. But okay, what's in the news, man? All right, so Texas governor in. backs law to prohibit Facebook and Twitter from banning users. Oh, no, we already did that one. Let's no. go to the other one. Did we? Yeah, yeah it was well. the grid one, wasn't it? We were doing Okay, produce? well, we were talking about it, too. So the uh, Texas Power Death Spiral. That's the one news yeah this is from the mrt business section and it definitely looks like an editorial no, I think there was one from the uh abilene or the uh midland the midland um, that was the one out of texas well we had a couple out of texas we had the Ristead energy saying the ripple effect from the cold is likely to reduce output for several weeks in texas which one was from the midland paper the, the texas power one was yeah yeah that's the one we were just talking about was the death spiral I thought you said those MRT. That's from the source, but I mean that's that's the other source for it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so basically, what they're talking about here is Midland Record. Is that is that MRT? Yeah. Is that what it stands yeah. for? Yeah, Midland Record Tribune. I think. Or? I'm sorry. I thought it was from like MIT or Harvard. no, no. I thought I had, this was some Harvard intellect right. thing. So, so what was okay. that? Yeah. All right. Okay. From like the Canadian Travel Channel. <laughs> So, okay, this is an editorial. I'm not going to read no, all I have it. anxiety. I okay. know, right? <laughs> so, we have come to expect that we should have electric power 100% of the time, and when that doesn't happen, then it must be someone else's fault. Ergot, power generators, retail electric providers like Gertie, employees and or board members. Did they not interview one prepper down there? By the way, right? Well, you know, this a lot is a of, prepper's paradise, man. A lot of the people I know down there just busted out the generator and had a week long camp out, basically. Yeah. Are the newsrooms that controlled now that not one person in the news meeting said, let's go see what the preppers are doing? They couldn't go anywhere, man. They got to be partying. The roads were ice. They couldn't do any of that kind Dude, of stuff. Dude, in France, they were having sex orgies. That's right. That was They broke up the yeah, sex Yeah, the cops had to break up a sex orgy when their power went out. So I didn't know this, but within ERGOT or I EPCOT, never thought I would be more proud of France than Texas. Okay, I'm sorry. Go you on. just like the orgy idea. Well, of course I do. <laughs> What the hell's wrong with you? I love it that in France, it's not that they were having an orgy. It's that there was COVID restriction know, violations. It got, broken, <laughs> it's like, it got broken up by the cops yeah, for that. Not, yeah, that, not be, that they were having an orgy. No, that was perfectly normal. cool. That's Tuesday. <laughs> right. All right. Back to the news. <clears throat> Within ergot, natural gas burned in gas turbines provides about 50% of the generating capacity in Texas. I did not know that. With wind and solar at 30% and coal 15, nuclear 5. So what they're talking about here is basically why these gas pipelines started to freeze up. I know, right? But it's... It's interesting because they're talking about blame. Who do you blame? Yeah, everybody's just blaming. Who do you point fingers yeah. at? Who do you blame? When this first started, what were we doing? We were looking around going, who's going to start pointing fingers? 40, you know what, 48 you know hours I, of that. You know what I found out? There's two things in life that I found out, okay? Just two. Two. Okay. Okay, and there's more. Okay. But there's two that I've really 
very much All right. realized. I'm going to get some paper. Number one, anyone who brags about how much money they have, mm-hmm. they don't have any money. Right. Okay? Number two, anybody talking shit about someone else, they're generally covering up their shit. So these people putting the blame out there, yeah. maybe those are the ones who we should be looking at. Because a lot of this is policy. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Is that right now, a lot of the policymakers are spending so much time pointing fingers and blame when they're the ones that got us into the mess in the first place. Mm-hmm. Just like the opioid crisis. Well, what did we have? Seven members the Opioid at least. crisis was created by the policymakers. Yeah. And now they're the ones that say, oh, we got to take care of this crisis. Okay, I'll give you an example from my, net, from my industry, the news. There's a very good reason why an attractive blonde is generally the person delivering the news. Because there's actual studies that show people accept news better from beautiful people. And since we live in this socially engineered world where a Disney princess looked like somebody you'd have on the news, that's what they deliver. See, that's changed in our lifetime, though, man. It's changing. If you watch watch news shows in the United States from, say, like the 70s or 80s, you got some very interesting looking people not at all what you would call tv friendly by today's standards no but they were there because they were qualified for the position you know it wasn't like reverse engineering let's find the hot chick and then teach her how to do the news right right no they do that with weather yeah yeah that's right (laughs) sorry that's a news joke there it's like an oklahoma texas joke oh minnesota so you're gonna be down in the permian area right you know cat hatfield mccoy cat cat Cat. yep cat dog sorry (laughs) well sometimes now with the jokes you got to be you know you got to be careful yeah yeah you You do i mean that's the thing you're walking on eggshells anytime you talk nowadays hey man it's like you know the muscle head that returned the scarf because it was too tight as long as we're in the Okay, yeah. As long as we're offending everybody, right? We might right, as well, just right? Yeah, go across and clear it all out. Everybody gets a little bit, man. Cowboys, yeah, man. <laughs> Redskins, yeah. It's not that. Hey, Redskins, yeah. I was just looking. Are we gonna? Let's do that news story. Okay, let's talk about this. As long so, as I brought that up, Washington. Do it out of order today. The Washington football team yeah. is going to create a co-ed dance team in place of their cheerleaders. That's fantastic. This is actually, I, I'm on board with that. That sounds great. You see a lot of uh, cheer groups and colleges and stuff. They're totally co-ed. Let's uh, read the first couple paragraphs, okay. and I'm going to comment on this. All right. and then, yeah. So we got the headline there. Washington football team is continuing to rebrand, this time focusing on the game day experience. The team announced on Wednesday that instead of cheerleaders, it will create a co-ed dance team for in-game entertainment. The women they hired to take charge of the new team is Petra Pope, who hails from the NBA. Pope has spent 30 years reimagining in-game and sideline entertainment for the NBA. Never knew that that was like a whole side profession. She works with dancers for the LA Lakers, LA Clippers, and the New York Knicks. She also helped revamp the Brooklyn Nets in-game entertainment. So Pope told the USA Today on Wednesday that the goal of the new team is to be diverse and super athletic. We want to be more inclusive, so we're going to invite a co-ed entry. We're going to be able to do more things with the strength of a male and lifts, so that's changed a great deal. All right. I'm actually surprised that no one has done this. Yeah, it does like, seem kind of like I'm, a... I'm shocked. Like, well, sometimes don't even, some teams don't even have a cheerleader squad. Like the Steelers don't. Oh, they don't? I don't believe so. 
There's okay. some teams, or they might now, but I know there were some teams that didn't have cheerleaders. Okay, so like the, o- the only team that I could possibly see, right, is the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders are iconic. Yeah. So I could see the, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. You know, and... Yeah, this doesn't seem like something you would force on the NFL. This is more I'm going like- to show you my age. <laughs> okay. I don't like to reveal my age very often, okay? <laughs> but I remember when there was just Cool Ranch chips. They were not Cooler Ranch, okay? Yeah. They were Cool Ranch, yeah. not Cooler Ranch. Yeah, you had right? three choices, usually. What do you and, mean? I mean, and Cool Ranch was one of them. You know nacho I mean? cheese. Yep, nacho cheese and probably what? Regular or taco seasoning or But yeah, cool ranch was the first there like might have only been two. It was the first what? Like uh outside the box. Exotic flavor. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was that was exotic, that, I guess is what that, I would call it. That an avocado, oh, right? Avocado, yeah. Avocado's had its moment. Remember pistachios did a couple years ago. Aloe vera, what's this? <laughs> this is witchcraft we're into again here. So, so I remember when Cooler Ranch came, and a few of us were a little upset. Was like it? we were to the point where we're like, you were cool enough, you didn't have to get cooler. Yeah. Did they put an X in it? There's a little more spice to it, oh, and okay. so it was too spicy. Yeah. Too cool. Too cool. I didn't want it that cool. Yeah. It was cool enough. I was happy. Now you're trying too hard. Yeah. Now you're. Now it's like strained. You know. Funner. Yeah. It's funner instead of just yeah. more fun. It's more extreme. So how did we get off on this? That was Washington co-ed team. Okay, so the Cowboys. I see where you can get into that. You know, like, hey, we got the cheerleaders. We're fine there. Mm-hmm. But you're the Steelers. Okay. Rugged team, whatever. Go that direction. How did nobody not do the colleges do it? That's, it's, I was just going to say. It's not like it's an original idea no. that's never been thought of. My sister was a cheerleader for years at the University of Arizona. George Bush was a male cheerleader. Yep. George W. Jr. was w. a male cheerleader, right? Yep. Yeah, I think so. He was on the cheer squad or whatever it was called. Yeah. I always yeah. wondered why that didn't get mentioned more. Much like how President Trump's affiliation with the WWE, mm-hmm. I always wonder why that didn't get mentioned more in the media. Yeah, really, that you would have thought that would have been a net positive for oh, him. Oh, as soon as I saw them come down on Howard Dean for getting excited, I went, gloves are off now. Yeah. I mean, and so when they kind of didn't... That was such a clear example of a narrative being formed. A decide, a decision was made to form that narrative. Yeah I, yeah, I was told Howard Dean was done before I even knew what happened. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people in the establishment and in the media didn't like him. And then when he didn't produce as well as they thought he would in Iowa, and he came out and he did that. I mean, if you watch the six-minute speech, My the, the scream is not... No, my understanding is that the Clinton machine took him out, oh, Hillary sure. Clinton machine. And for those people out there, we're showing her age again, but Howard Dean is a person you probably read about in history class. And he First got, real internet candidate. Yeah, he, he did really well on the internet. Yeah, That's right. In fact, Small we, donations. and I forgot. We actually... Um, so James Holm, mm-hmm. who was a producer for the Ed Schultz show, he just left NBC. He, enjoy, the Joy Show... Oh, yeah. Joy Reid? That's it. Yeah. He was the producer of the Joy Show for a number of years. Okay. After Ed Schultz show. Damn, that's and, serious, serious resume there. That's, yeah, he's... Uh, James, <laughs> and, yeah. James has been around for... He's from Barnesville. Okay. So he's just right outside oh, he's of he's a local boy. Yep. Yeah. And so I know him, and he's a friend of mine, and he was a big Howard Dean supporter, mm-hmm. okay, back in the early day, because James knew how to work the internet and all this other stuff, and... 
I forgot we had Howard Dean supporters stay at my house back in the day. Because I said, <laughs> oh, sure. well, they were coming in to I was, volunteer. Yeah, I was traveling. I was out of town. I didn't care. It was mm-hmm. my my place was a flop pad for everybody, anyways. Right, yeah, because I was a single guy, right? No kid at that time. And yep. So, anyways, uh, Howard Dean, somebody you read about in history class, I'm sure. He was poised to take out Hillary Clinton as uh, the candidate for. She wasn't running. She wasn't running then. Who was it? He was. Uh, there was a bunch of people. Well, Kerry, John Kerry, Edwards. Uh, anyway, uh, but yeah. I heard it was the Clinton machine. Well, you, you, when you say the Clinton machine, that's basically just code word for the Democratic inner Council. circle. Yeah, okay. it's yeah, it's Whatever the Democratic it Party. Okay. It's the Smoky Rooms. So he got up and he said, we're going to go to Maine and Iowa. And then he started naming states and he goes, yee, he did that. That's all he did. He made yeah. a weird noise. Yeah. And apparently that was the end of his political career. Yeah. And if you watch the speech, it wasn't, uh, he wasn't trying to sound like he had just kicked ass when he had taken third. No, when I watched it, I actually got inspired. Yeah. He was talking about, he was talking about, we're not going to give up. We're going to keep going. I didn't feel guilty in my libertarian roots by having some Howard Diener's stay at my house. I know that's not the first (laughs) actual instance, but it's the first time in my mind I was like, they don't want him to win. You see how inclusive we've been here at the crude life? We are all over the board. We were the crude life. Yeah. We were inclusive. Letting Howard Diener stay at our house hey, stumping. I have voted Republican. I have voted for independents. I have voted for Democrats. For me, it's about the person and not so much the party. The sad thing is nowadays, though, is it's become if you're a party, you have to do this or yeah, you I can't know. be in that party. It's sad, man. That's why we need another party. People's party's coming. The people's party. The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Oh, man. If it's the coming. people wish it. Yeah. He's he said this tables. I know, right. That's what his, was his first what was his big his, saying back in the day? That is his exploratory committee right there. Right there. Uh, he doesn't have to come out and say I'm going to do exploratory committee. No, it'll be like He's a draft. He's got to have someone in Vibe magazine or Verge or right. Deadspin or you know what I mean, the mm-hmm. the rap sheets cuz he's Mr. Great. Uh just say, yeah, if the people want it, they'll let me know. That's his. His would be the type of candidacy where he would probably it would be like a draft effort, a grassroots to get him in the game, you know, and then then that would be enough for him probably. Do you smell what the Rock is cooking? Do you smell what the Rock is cooking? As far as I know, SmackDown is his word. Okay, really? And it's in the dictionary. It's part of American lexicon to where it's not only a program, but it actually got voted in one year as a word to go into the English language. That's the type of president I want. Man, could you imagine... That's a dude in touch. Could you imagine him walking down the aisle to give a State of the Union ex- speech? You know, The Rock. I'm just trying to... I, at that point, I probably would go to Mike Judge's place in Texas <laughs> and camp out because he's, he's the prophet of the world. Right, yeah. He's With the one that called that. Call yep. it Hector Camacho, yep. the nine-time SmackDown champion. Camacho, whatever, the SmackDown champion. House mm-hmm. of representing. Yeah, it's scary how that went from funny, obscure movie to like history documentary. Fun bags. (laughs) I want to be president of calendars. I love that movie. Oh man, that's the one I bought on the road. I was in the. That's worth taking with you. Yeah, that is worth taking. What do we got for one quick last news story? Uh, Nothing really interesting, man. It's all bummer news. Good. All right, folks. We'll see you tomorrow.
interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. Music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. Crude Life. Play hard, work hard. It's sponsored in part by Absolute Energy Field Products and Services. Absolute Energy Field Products and Services is an engineering, design, and manufacturer of oil and gas production equipment, refining, and petrochemical processing equipment. They manufacture the equipment with the highest standards as per ASME Boiler and Pressure Vessel Code, Section 8, Division 1, and can be designed, fabricated, and tested in accordance with NACE standards. Absolute Energy Field Products and Services. For more information, check out their website, absoluteenergyfield.com. That's absoluteenergyfield.com. The Crude Life, Play Hard, Work Hard, is sponsored in part by American Directional Driller. Especially designed for the American Directional Driller to measure bottom hole assembly equipment up to 40 feet. As of release, this product is unmatched in the marketplace. This heavy-duty 40-foot tape measure has three measurement scales on an extra-wide blade. Pick up this 40-foot tape measure at Amazon.com or be sure to check out their website, AmericanDirectionalDriller.com. The Industrial Forest. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Play hard, work hard. Now let's work hard. Carrie St. John, head of school for student programs and services. And tonight we are at Checkers for Children. We have this event every other year. So this is our third annual Checkers for Children. And we come out to raise money for Bynum School, which is a nonprofit school for students preschool all the way through vocational. And at Checkers, we have a polo match that starts the evening. And then we have dinner, we have a live auction, a silent auction, and dancing with a band this evening. So that is what we are here to do is raise money for Bynum School. Let's talk about Bynum School for a second, and thank you very much. By the way, awesome setup here. This is lovely. Gold chairs, gold plates. We've got, you know, a lovely blue. Uh, it looks like a, almost a navy blue type of a tablecloth here. The music's just starting. We've got a stage set up. We'll have some pictures available at the Crude Life as well. Um, the school, Bynum School. Talk to me a little bit about 
what it is, why you're in need for resources. Again, resources go beyond money. So if there's companies out there listening that you know can donate gold-plated chairs, I'm just kidding, they're gold-painted paint, chairs, not plated chairs, but uh, talk to me about the school and how people can help. So Bonham School is in its 36th year, and we serve students with a variety of abilities. So they are ages preschool, so age three through adult. Our oldest student adult is 48. She turned 48 today, actually. And we have classes that do not put more than 10 students per class, and we have at least one teacher and one assistant in every class. Our students range in ability from autism, Down syndrome, learning disabilities, rare syndromes, just um, learning differences in general. And we are able to provide therapies on campus, speech therapy, occupational therapy, music therapy, and nematherapy, which is an art that helps the brain function. And then we have PE every day for them, and we have community-based instruction so our students go and they deliver meals on wheels they also go out into the community and help at the food bank and at helping hands and then of course they go out to practice the skills that they're learning in the classroom so they'll go to restaurants or the park or the library or out into the community for whatever reason we have a great vocational program where we do drop job training for students that are ready we have several businesses in town that help us with training for our students and then they are able to go from place to place to learn different skills in the environment all of our classrooms teach your basic academics and then of course life skills things that will help them all throughout and we also have our students do cooking on campus we have a wood shop we have ceramics we have all of the things that we feel like we can teach them to be contributing citizens of our community Bynum school does charge tuition however our tuition only covers 30 percent of our budget the rest of the budget is from fundraising and grant writing and general contributions from our community we are heavily supported by our community we love the permian basin they come out in full force for instance tonight is our biggest fundraiser we've ever had in the midst of this season that we're going through so we're very excited i think people are ready to get out and do something and so they have come out to support bynum school and this is how we are able to give grants for students and provide our programs and our services for the students, which are very important. We do have a tuition assistance program we call Student Grants, and all of the money that we provide for families is donated. So that's just one aspect of how important donations and just general giving from our community is. Talk to me about the oil field connection, if you wouldn't mind. Um, I'm not sure what connection is here um, from either participation at the events to sponsorships to like I mentioned resources or maybe there's volunteers I'm not sure that that contribute I always think of um, ABLE up in North Dakota ABLE where they uh, a very similar type of a program where it's, it's up there it's disabled and and that can really put a strain on a family in an oil field and 
so it was interesting for me to hear somebody you know talk about the just the relief of you know a lot of these children they they, they need full-time attention full-time attention i was talking to somebody earlier who was uh has somebody who can't make new memories so a checklist doesn't work somebody literally has to stand next to them put your socks on next put your pants on next and these types of things. Now, I'm not saying that's buying them by any means, but just to put out there, that th- these are the, the realities that exist. And the oil community, it just seems like no matter where I go, they really do support these types of uh, disabilities, these type of special needs in ways that I've never seen. Right. Our oil industry in the Permian Basin is very important to Bynum School. We did a capital campaign three years ago that provided our students with a brand new facility and if it hadn't have been for those generous donors and those oil companies then we wouldn't be where we are today for instance tonight some of our biggest sponsors are concho resources diamondback energy double point energy and gladiator energy headlock we just have a lot of people that support us all the time we also are supported by Pioneer and the the other companies that are in town, That even the small companies. We have some that do fundraisers for us, like golf tournaments or clay shoots, and they just want to give the money to Bynum Schools. So we appreciate that. Another thing they do is send out volunteers. We, we had a company that would send their volunteers out to do whatever they could do for us and anything that we needed. It was their engineer interns that would come out in the summer. And um, so we had... Um, that help. We wouldn't be where we are, like I said, without a lot of these oil companies. Abel Hanger has been a foundation for us that provides grants for us and has been for many, many, many years. So we do depend on them highly. They help us. They know that we're important. Bonham School is a choice, a parent choice, and it's a good, viable parent choice. And we think that... um, You know, every parent needs a choice. Even those parents and those families that have children with disabilities, they don't need to just have to go to a public school or not have a choice of where they want to be. And our school is year-round. So our children are in school from August through July with breaks here and there. But um, we do everything we can. We're very unique. We There's not another place like this in the area in West Texas. This year, it was the uh, eighth annual Bach and Barbecue. I've emceed it every year, so I'm pretty involved with it. And it's uh, Make-A-Wish, North Dakota is where, where the fundraising goes to. And we were shocked this year at the donations on a couple levels. Uh, one was that they were there. That was very shocking in itself. But there were some companies that just sent money and didn't send people. And um, they were like, wish we could go, but either corporate policy or just their own peace of mind, whatever it might be. That was refreshing, and that was uh, it was kind of nice to see. Uh, you mentioned that. You, you're, you're having your best fundraiser ever um, reaction, I guess. <laughs> we went up to September 9th trying to decide if we were going to go through with this. Oh, wow. We went ahead and made all the plans we could, and then because of the season that we're in, we weren't sure if it would happen. We got permission from of course the mayor and the city to have an event it's obvious that it's outside Um, we are 
practicing social distancing as much as we can. We have the giant polo fields that we can spread out all over the place. We were so surprised when tables started coming in. And we, we said we were sold out at 50. We've sold 11 more since then. So we got a bigger tent. And we're just so excited about all of this. We're surprised. We think that maybe it's because everybody's been stuck at home and they're excited to be outside and coming to a fun party that benefits people. Yeah, it's interesting because I think there's a lot of mixed messages out in the media and there are a lot of um, mixed messages at the home too. So it's it's just a different thing. And I'm, I'm very happy to see that you guys are doing this. You're, yeah, you're practicing. I, you've got the um, PPE stations I saw right up front. It's outdoors. It's in a tent. And this is 50 tables, right? This is 50, 61 tables. Okay, because I was going to say there's more than 50 people here. There's This is... This is one of the largest um, outdoor events, I mean, in terms of like a, a dinner like this I've, I've seen. And uh, this is outstanding. So how can people help if they're listening to this and they can't make this event? And I don't know if you got a donation button on your website or you take checks in the mail or, or what it might be. We take everything. We have a website. It's bynumschool.org. And we, there is a donate button on our website, and it gives all the information that you could ever want about Bynum School. And we also, um, if you're in the area, we love to take people on tours and have people come in and, and see what they are donating toward or just for them to learn more about it. We um, weren't sure about our enrollment this year is another thing because... You know, because. And um, we are past, we are over what we budgeted for. Parents are coming in all the time. We started two new students this week. We have more students coming to visit next week. And um, so we're at about five over what we predicted our enrollment would be. All right, winding down here, because I know you've got things you've got to do, is getting ready for the champagne toast here. What time's the champagne toast? Six. Well, I thought it was five thirty, but I was gonna say it's like five thirty right now, so uh, it's uh, it's coming any minute here. So we better get wrapping up. But I did want to mention another thing. Again, it's not to bring up the Bakken barbecue again, but we just had it this year, and it was we went through the same thing. We weren't sure if we were gonna have it or not. All these different things. You've got a live auctioneer. We switched to a live auctioneer a couple of years ago we tried to do a silent auction worst mistake ever in the month of june worst mistake ever in the month of june way too hot and auction items do not look appealing so we went to a live auctioneer and we had one of the best years ever because of the live auction this year like i when i talked to tiffany steiner the organizer i said so how's the number she goes oh we're still counting them but the live auction wow like we do hog hunts you know and things like that so uh tell me about the auction a little bit tell me about some of the the you know shenanigans that you guys have going on this year we are doing the auction items through a it's on your phone you get a bid number and you are able to bid through your bid number which I've never done that before, and I hope I don't buy something that I don't mean to. But, the guy's still but we have a live auction. Yeah. Yes, a live auctioneer is here, and he's he's been told all about 
Bynum School. So he'll be able to talk about Bynum School while these auction items are going on. And the auction items are anywhere from a wife with a knife who makes casseroles to trips to, <laughs> yeah, to trips um, to St. Martin Island. So there's all kinds of things for all your taste buds and to get into. Max Barbecue is doing our dinner tonight, and it's not barbecue. It is some good stuff. Um, we're having different kinds of desserts. We have the pop bar here. We have... Um, Obviously, the bar set up. We have the VIP area for our top sponsors, and we are excited about that. Well, we're getting pictures. We got pictures coming around here and all kinds of things. Sorry for the quick transition out, but that's all right. See, we got to talk while we get our pictures taken here for the magazine and everything. So I'm going to hand the mic off to you while you do that. Okay, and so now we're going to just talk and pretend like we haven't said everything we need to say. The website is awesome it tells you everything you need to know like I said there's a donate button on there and it gives all the details about Bynum School so be sure and go there bynumschool.org exclusive interview industry news environmental innovation at thecrudelife.com heard on the crude life morning show play hard work hard is by the moody river Jason Space. Thank you for joining the program today. You know, I, I come from an oil background. My family's been in the oil and gas industry for 60 years. I, I think the thing with the younger generation is the younger generation has pretty much bought into the climate change phenomenon. They really believe everything that people tell them. We just want to thank everybody that has been so supportive of us, and especially you, Jason. Without, without your help, I don't think our event would be as successful as it is. So I, I don't want to be real critical of them because being a guy who's, you know, dad has several small businesses and, and coming from that sort of small business background, I get it. I mean, the, the, the operators here were put in a real bad position by the state of North Dakota. I'm glad that we've got people like you to pay attention and bring us information on stuff like this. Prices can't go any lower for services. I, I, they're, they're too low right now. I, our margins are in the single percentage point if we're lucky, and we're not lucky that often. You're exactly right. ESG is becoming more and more important to shareholders. I can speak for my 20 companies. They take it very serious. It makes perfect sense, and I thought you had a really good 
show last week. Jason, I love your inquisitive questions because you you ask important questions that that lead to the most important truths. Hey, this is Kevin Kramer representing proudly the state of North Dakota, United States Senate. Talking to Jason Speece, who's like the best energy interviewer in the world. No one does an interview like Jason Speece. We all like living the crude life, so. <laughs> the Crude Life with host Jason Speece. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk about Women's History Month. Every March since 1987, Congress and U.S. presidents have designated this month as Women's History Month. This year, the Crude Life celebrates and honors their accomplishments and vital contributions in history with interviews and stories that center around women's experiences in industry. These women are not only modern-day leaders, but they are truly historic as well. This is Michaela Hager with Canine Pipe Inspections. Actually, we got the opportunity to put our dogs back-to-back with electronic sniffers. So we had a scenario where they were detecting, and I think they've injected Mercaptan and used electronic sniffers. That company had found leaks, but when they put the line up to pressure, they still were losing pressure. That's when we got called on because they still had leaks. And when we got brought on, we actually found two micro leaks that were missed by the modern technology. So that was our first opportunity to actually have showcase what our dogs can do back to back with technology. The technology did what it needed to do, but there are limitations and places where it just it isn't at the level these dogs are when it comes to these micro, very, very challenging leaks. I have all shepherds, mostly Dutch shepherds, Malinois, and we got a Czech shepherd on the team as well. I say Czech shepherd, but she's a German shepherd. Her origins are from Czech, though. So you need that dog that has, as you put it, an intuitive nature. They're basically passionate about hunting, that work, that drive. I put a big focus on dogs with grit as well. If they go through tough scenarios, I don't want them to say, hmm, I'm not sure about those West Texas thorns. Like, I got some strong dogs that want to work really hard. You need that, that genetic potential, and then pairing that with a consistent program, building these dogs up to be very specialized at what they do. So the training is continual. It's not something that you do for a couple weeks, and then they're trained, per se. Oh, sure. We train these dogs every day. We've worked on lines shallow is say three four feet um is deep down to 12 feet um just our experience but technically we should be able to do any depth so long as it gives it enough time for that vapor to get to the surface so the dogs can do their job to listen to the full-length interview with michaela hager with canine pipe inspections or to check out other exclusive interviews visit thecrudelife.com that's thecrudelife.com please join us all month long as we celebrate women's history month here at the crude life From the staff here at The Crude Life Week in Review, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by... It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an 
industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. The music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com.